You're listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing with Andrew Logan. This podcast is your step-by-step guide to building and growing your own business and creating passive investment vehicles. If you crave legacy, wealth, and freedom, keep listening. Hello and welcome to The Way Out Podcast. Andrew Logan here. Great to be with you for another episode, episode number 17. And today I want to talk about investing and the process of investing and the the things you need to do before you start investing. Now, just quickly, a couple of housekeeping things. This this episode is a day late. I know if you're keeping tabs on me, it's a day late. I had surgery uh, end of last week and I was just still a bit groggy and a bit all over the place yesterday and sometimes I can be a bit scattered in my thought process and I was particularly scattered the last few days so I figured I just needed that extra 24 hours to get my head together. Uh, It might also be sounding a little bit different, hopefully it's sounding better. My old microphone broke three or four episodes ago so um, my new one arrived and so hopefully the, the sound quality is better for you. But Anyway, let's just jump straight into talking about investing because as you know, I love to talk about financial freedom. I love to help people grow their business, take their passion, take their hustle, take their excitement, take their energy, turn that into a great leveraged business, turn that into a great residual business as we grow ourselves and we grow leaders and we build a team. I love to talk about all those things, but I really love to show people the next step in the process. And I love to teach people the financial skills and mindset to be able to turn that extra income stream, that extra hustle, the extra income that's coming in, turn that into financial freedom. Now, the challenge, of course, is for a lot of people, they've never done business before. And a lot of people have never led a team before. And a lot of people have never invested before. And these are the hurdles that can come up for people. You know, as we grow at every new level in our life, at every new level in our business, there will be a new devil. There will be a new challenge. So for a lot of people, just like keeping themselves disciplined and keeping themselves on track and keeping themselves focused is a challenge. For a lot of people, then the responsibility of running a team is a challenge. Like running a team is great. Running a team has a lot of great fun aspects to it, but it's also a a responsibility and that can weigh on some people. But what I want to talk about today is when we have that extra income and we're turning then that we want to turn that income into wealth and freedom. And we're doing that through assets and passive investment. Where do we start? And that's one of the biggest questions you see posted in groups. It's one of the biggest questions people ask me. They say, look, I've got this little bit of extra cash. What do I do? And the greatest strength is also your biggest potential weakness. So the greatest strength of investing is that there are so many options out there. There are so many things you can get into and we can find the right thing for us. The problem, of course, is that that can be overwhelming for people. And, you know, it's the same in anything. There's so many different ways you can eat healthy. There's like keto and there's vegan and there's like LCHF and there's, you know, Piscatarian. Like there's all these options that you can take. There's lots of different gyms. I like to CrossFit. Some people do gym. There's yoga. There's running. There's rowing. There's all these different things. And it's the same when you're going into side hustles. There's network marketing. There's affiliate marketing. There's direct sales. And within the then within the network marketing industry, there's different comp plans. There's different industries. There's different products. All those sorts of things. And it can take a little bit of time for us to find the right thing for you. Nothing's perfect, you know, except for my wife and kids, of course. But there's there's no one perfect company. Everything has their strengths and weaknesses. Every industry has their strengths and weaknesses. Every comp plan has their strengths and weaknesses. But the reality is we find the one that's perfect for us, like finding the perfect partner. 
everyone is going to have their strengths and weaknesses and the person that is perfect for you isn't perfect for the person across the street. So with that, then we have this challenge that there can be so many investment options. Where do we start and what's the best one for us? And the greatest challenge, of course, is that the greatest strength of passive investment is the long term compound effect and creating generational income and generational wealth and generational freedom. Great. Love to talk about that. Awesome. The problem is that it can take six and multiple six figures and it can take five to 10 years before we kind of really start to see the results. So you might have to put 100, 200,000 in half a million into investing and wait five to 10 years before you start to really see that snowball effect, before you start to really see that compound effect, before you start to really see the results. So that's why it's really important that we choose the right one for us now. And we do our due diligence and we do our education first because we don't want to wait five, 10 years and then go, actually, you know what? I made a mistake and I put half a million dollars in 10 years of my life away. We want to find the right thing for us. We want to create the financial habits. We want to start putting little bits of money away right from the very start. Smart financial habits will lead to great financial success. And so how do we then know that like we're making the right decision now if we don't know the answer for five to 10 years? Now, of course, that's that's a challenge with anything in life. We go into marriages, you know, very confident. But uh, unfortunately, for a lot of people, they discover that was a bad decision. But here are three questions that I want you to ask. So if you're in this situation, you're saying, look, I've got this extra income. I want to start investing. I want to change my life. I want to change my future. Here are the three questions that you have to ask yourself and you have to answer them. And you have to do this before you do anything else, before you put a cent into anything at the moment. You should never, ever, ever invest a cent in anything that you don't understand. If you don't understand it and you're putting money in it, you're speculating or you're gambling. And when you speculate and gamble, you're essentially hoping that it goes off. And hope is not an investment strategy. Hope is an emotion. It's not an investment strategy. So we should never be putting money in based on emotional decisions like hope, like FOMO, you know, like the fear of missing out, the speculation that this market just keeps going up and up and up. So I better get in now, otherwise I'm going to miss out. And that probably brings us to our very first question straight away. So let's talk about the very first question we need to ask is, are you investing for capital gains or cash flow? And you need to understand the difference. Because as I was saying before, like Wall Street, essentially, there's there's a lot of sayings about Wall Street. One of the lesser known ones is Wall Street is when the educated take money from the uneducated. And there's a saying, you know, Wall Street, a fool and their money are often parted. And not, not that anyone's, you know, an idiot, but if you don't understand what's going on and you don't understand the investment vehicle, someone's going to come along and take your money. Because again, like there's another Wall Street saying, look for the fool in any deal, because if you can't see them, it's you. Someone is trying to fool you out of your money. And unfortunately, there are sinister people out there who make their money by fooling other people out of their investments. So right from the start, we have to understand the difference between a capital gains and a cash flow investment. And so if we talk about, we just talk like property and stocks as the two main things out there at the moment, okay, the the main umbrella terms. And there's obviously there's lots of other things There's commodities, there's currencies, but it's, it's all very similar at the end of the day, you can either make money through capital gains or cash flow. So capital gains is saying I'm going to buy, you know, Apple stock 
for a hundred dollars wouldn't that be nice but hey i'm gonna buy apple stock for a hundred and then i'm gonna hold it until it's 150 and then i'm gonna sell it and i make fifty dollars on the capital gain i'm gonna buy a house for half a million dollars i'm gonna sell it for six hundred thousand dollars i've made one hundred thousand dollars on the capital gain now that is a form of investing you're investing on the understanding or the calculation or an element of hope there's an element of speculation that you will be able to sell it to someone else at a higher price later and then you're going to get a chunk of cash so if you had a million dollars of these apple shares and you sold them you know for 150 dollars instead of 100 you're going to have made a half a million dollars because you're going to have made 50 percent more of your money if you bought this house at half a million you sold it for six hundred thousand you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars after all the fees. Now, the challenge, of course, is twofold here. One, threefold actually. One, we, there's capital gains tax. So whenever you sell something for that, you've got to account for tax and it's different in every country. In Australia, it's like 30%. So straight away, as, as great as it is to say, I bought this house for 500,000, now it's worth 600,000, 30% of that has gone straight away. And then I've also got to understand that the value of every other house has probably gone up as well. So if I've sold that house for $600,000, if I want to buy a new one, all the other houses in the area, you know, all the other houses around me have probably gone up in value too. So suddenly that $100,000 isn't quite as awesome as this. It's still great, obviously, but it's not quite as awesome because I then have less borrowing power because of the power of inflation. So inflation has come in and lifted everything up and $100,000 today isn't as powerful as $100,000 in five years time. But that's the, that's the challenge of capital gains investment. So that's why I prefer to, um, pr like personally, not investment advice, but I prefer to always invest for cash flow. So again, if we think about buying a house, it's great to buy a house and it's great to know that it's going up in value, but I wanna know what it's giving me every week. And that, that every week is the rent. So if I've got a great tenant in there and they're renting it at $500 and it costs me $400 to keep, I make $100 every week. And that is $100 cash in my pocket reliably every single week and I can use that to pay my bills. So it's not as exciting, it's not as exotic. But again, we come back to that paradox and I've spoken about before that financial investing shouldn't really be exciting, it should actually be quite boring. But when you have a reliable income coming in every week or every month and you know and you, you build up a portfolio and you have five houses and you're making $100 on each of them and you've got $500 coming in every single week reliably, that's a great financial security. It's not quite financial freedom, but that's great to know that there's $500 coming in every single week whether you get out of bed or not. And you can get up and not have to work essentially like or you could only have to work part-time because you know there's $500 that's going to be in your bank account next week and that allows you to make financial decisions around that now in stocks that is dividends and dividends tend to be paid twice a year or quarterly four times a year the the stocks that you hold now not every company does and this is something again you need to research before you get into Apple famously for a very long time hasn't paid dividends and it's still gone up in value because of, you know, like Apple and everything about the iPhone and everything, everything that blew Apple up as a company. But if you hold Apple, you're purely holding it on the speculation that someone will buy it off you at a higher price. You're not holding it for the dividends. 
So if you're getting into shares and you want to get into stocks and stocks just fit you better and you want to learn about them more and you're going to invest in stocks, you need to look for dividend paying companies and you need to understand how to invest in stocks for cash flow. So the very first thing to understand is that if you're going to get into stocks or property, commodities, Forex, whatever it is, are you investing for capital gains or cash flow? And that is why I don't invest in currencies. And I don't, you know, I'm not investing in this cryptocurrency craze. One, because I think it's a bubble. And for me, like if I'm buying something, I want to know it's around 20, 30, 40 years. I'm not sold on cryptocurrencies at the moment. And not, I'm not, not sold on blockchain technology, but I'm just not sold on that the one coin that I invest in will still be around in 10 years. I think, you know, I think a lot of these coins are going to drop off the face of the planet soon. But the point is, is that holding Bitcoin or holding Dogecoin or holding Ethereum or whatever it is, it doesn't produce a cash flow. It's it's a commodity. It is a form of currency. Is it a, is it a promise essentially? It's a promise essentially that it will be worth its value or more later. But it doesn't give me money every week or every quarter or twice a year. So I can't rely on that to do what I want to do today. So personally, I learned to invest and I studied and I read the books about cash flow creation. And that is, again, why I love our industry, because we can create great cash flow into our life very simply. We can build up this business that creates cash flow for us. But we need to understand the very first thing you need to ask is, are you investing for capital gains or cash flow? And again, pros and cons to both. I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's up to you what you're actually investing for. Me personally, I want to invest for money coming into my pocket every week reliably. And that's why I've been very heavily, very predominantly based in property, because that's what works for us. And that then comes to our second question. So if you're investing for capital gains or cash flow, either way, answer that question. Second question then is, are you going to be hands-on active or are you going to be hands-off passive? And again, no right or wrong pros and cons to both. So we think property again, if we think of the property example, so property as an example, there's industrial versus commercial versus residential, there's buying and flipping, right? There's developing, there's putting units on or there's, you know, off the plan purchases versus renovating. So a lot of those sort of options, renovating in particular and developing and all that kind of stuff are very active investment techniques. So we're going to buy this block of land and then we're going to actively improve on it and then we're gonna sell it for more. Now we can either sell it for more or we can actively improve the house and then get more rent. So again, if you're going for capital gains or cash flow, either way, it doesn't matter, but you're gonna be actively involved in improving the value of the land so that you can either extract a higher sale price or a higher rental value. Now, when it comes to stocks, it comes down to, are you actively choosing stocks yourself? Are you actively you know, more a trader where you're kind of buying and and selling a little bit more? Are you actively going out and doing the research and checking the dividends and and checking the, the company reports? Or are you willing to pay someone to do that for you? Are you willing to pay a higher premium but get advice from a stockbroking company? Or are you, are you after, you know, just a cheap app on your phone where you can just sort of go in and buy like ETFs and combinations of stocks and that and buy them in little parcels? Again, no right or wrong. You have to understand what you're doing and then you need to go and research that and understand how to do it before you put a dollar across. Again, when we come to, if we come back to property, 
It's, you know, am I going to rent it out myself? Am I going to go out and search for tenants and then I can get more value out of it because I can control that? Or do I want to be completely hands off and have someone else manage that, have a real estate manager come in and they find the tenants and they take care of maintenance and they do all those things, but they're going to charge me a price every week. They're going to charge me a percentage of the rent. So again, personally, I would rather just pay someone to do that. I would rather take that into my calculations when I'm doing this because for me, the investment needs to be passive. My passion is doing the active things from a business point of view. How can I help people with their business? How can I coach and mentor people? How can I add more value to their life? How can I do these things? And, you know, creating podcasts, creating videos, writing books, all those things. They're my passion. That's where my energy is. I am not built. Like I have no idea how to hold a hammer. My dad and brother are both engineers. My father-in-law is a builder. My brother-in-law is a cooper. Like they're all amazingly talented people with their hands. My wife is in, incredible with her creativity, and she loves to, you know, get in and like she she would love to hold a paintbrush. She'd love to hold a chainsaw more than write a book or, or record a podcast. But again, that's that's her personality, right? So when we met, she and her father were renovating some units so that they could take the rental price up. Whereas I was just like, I'm just going to buy that one and then like not care about it. Now, again, we've come to like a compromise in in how we invest together as a husband and wife, but it came down to her goals because of her skills, because of her goals, she was able to buy these properties and then go in and actively improve them and then charge a higher rent for them. And we still own all these properties. I didn't have those skills. I didn't have those talents. So I just went and bought some and put tenants in and then forgot about them. And at the time I was using my hands and my skills to be a physiotherapist. So we then come to the final question. So are we investing for capital gains or cash flow? Are we actively involved or passively involved? And C, the final thing, three, I should say, or C, who cares? But the final question then is, is this a short, medium or long-term thing? And again, no right or wrong, but are you trying to change your life today or are you comfortable financially and you're willing to just put money away for the grandkids? And again, based on that question, you're going to find different things are more suited to you. So if you are more looking to change your life today, then yeah, look, property is probably not the right thing for you. Certainly just buy and hold and do nothing like I do. It's probably not for you today because... Property is the longer term game. And even just selling the property takes six to eight weeks minimum kind of stuff. Maybe the stock market is something that's more like suited to your goals. And again, not financial advice, but maybe if you look at what you're investing in and what your investment goals are and what your understanding education level is and your budget, maybe the stock market is better for you because it is something where you can get your money sooner. And you can start to see returns a bit sooner. Yeah, if you're going to buy for the kids, if you're going to buy for the kids or you're buying for the grandkids and you're just going to buy a property and like not worry about it and you've got a comfortable income source and you've got a comfortable lifestyle and you're happy with where you are, but you've got this sort of $100 a week that's not really doing anything and you're going to just buy some land and then never touch it, never improve it. Uh, you know, and just give it to the grandkids in 50 years. I'm, I hope they're very, <laughs> I hope they're very appreciative of you. But you see that, right? Like you see the people who they, they've got, there's blocks of land. I know uh, years ago, we there was this little coastal beach town there where we lived. And there were just, just blocks right on the water that, like you know, and you just walked out into the ocean and nothing on them, no house, just grass, you know, just four foot grass. 
and people sitting there saying, oh, you know, such and such bought all that land 20 years ago for $20,000. No one wanted it. And now it's worth millions, right? That person never got a single bit of cash flow. It would have cost them money in, in rates and lawn mowing and just general costs of holding that land. But that was okay because their goal was a capital gains goal, completely passive, very long term. Maybe you're like, you know what? I'm 25 and I want to change my life in the next three to five years and I've got this much money to work with. So I'm going to get into more the stocks and I'm going to get educated in there. I'm going to read the books. I'm going to go to the library. I'm going to understand what I need to do. I want to be actively involved in learning and I'm doing this to change my life and bring in $100, $200 extra a week so I can stop weekend work. You need to look at where you are in your life. What is your current financial situation? And you need to ask those three questions. And when you have the answer to those three questions, then you go to the library or then you go to Amazon and you buy you know, $50, $100 worth of books or you go to the library and you just rent them all out for free and pay a few late fees or whatever. But that is the best investment you can do from there. So the very, very, very best investment always is in knowledge and understanding. We're going to answer those three questions. And then we're going to go to the library and we're going to read half a dozen books. And again, if you're sitting there saying, well, but if, if I spend a month reading half a dozen books, I'm going to miss the opportunity of a lifetime. Then you're investing emotionally. You're investing on FOMO. You, there's pure fear of missing out. You're getting into a speculation bubble craze. And, and that's just why I think there's, there's a number of bubbles out there at the moment because the speculation is just wild and some are going to survive and some are going to get badly, badly hurt, unfortunately. But, you know, that's just unfortunately how the markets work. The markets are cyclical. So do not get into that FOMO. Do not have fear of missing out. Do not have hope and speculation as your only strategy. Okay, ask, ask yourself those three questions, answer them, look at the best sort of setup for yourself, and then go out and read a few good books about it, and then put your money in. You know, do that research, do that due diligence. That's what smart, profitable investors do. And I know it's a little bit boring, I know it takes a little bit of brain power, but it always just comes down to that small term sacrifice having that little short-term sacrifice, I'm gonna train my brain, I'm gonna understand, and I'm not gonna be the fool. I'm not gonna get my money taken away from me because the worst thing you could do would put $100,000 into investment, realize that someone's taking you for a ride, and then know that it's gonna take you four, five, six years to recover from that financially, where it could have taken you four or five, six books to prevent that. And that's that's the unfortunate thing. You know, a Half a dozen books could save you hundreds of thousands of dollars and we invest in our knowledge and we invest in ourselves so guys i hope that helps as always you know if anything i can ever do to help you any questions you ever have feel free to reach out to me through the social media channels um great to be here and i great to be back after the operation obviously and, and feeling great in my head and i'll be back in a couple of days with another podcast episode and i'll see you guys then Thanks for listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing. Connect with Andrew on Instagram and Facebook at Andrew James Logan. For your seven-step system to financial freedom and other tools and resources to help you grow your business fast, go to www.andrewlogan.net. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Until next time, keep moving forward.